If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8, and I'll begin reading in verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who has set Thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast Thou ordained strength because of Thine enemies, that Thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider Thy heavens, the works of Thy hands, or Thy fingers, the moon and the stars which Thou hast ordained, what is man that Thou art mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that Thou visiteth him. For Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of Thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name. Russ asked me this morning what my sermon was going to be about tonight, and I said Psalms chapter 8. Then he came in tonight and he was talking about Why Me, Lord, which showed me that he must have read the bulletin also. Because that was actually the title of the sermon tonight, Why Me, Lord. And so in the back room, he's singing us that old Chris Christopherson song about Why Me, Lord. And it asks a good question, that song does. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I own? God has blessed us tremendously, and I've been trying to remind us of that throughout the course of all this that's gone on over the year. I've also mostly mentioned it lately to remind us that we are blessed there are still a lot of good things that are happening in our lives. That God has blessed us tremendously. And when we ask the question, why me? Usually we ask that question when someone has died, a loved one has passed uh, out of our lives. And we do ask, why me? And sometimes when sickness comes our way, we ask that same question. Or we lose a job or something bad happens. We want to know, why me, Lord? But maybe we should ask that question about all the good things that's happened in our lives. Why are we blessed? Why me? Why do you care for me? And that's what the psalmist is getting at here in this chapter of Psalms. And the psalmist in my Bible tells me it's by David. And so we need to find ourselves looking at everything that God has given us and asking that question, why, why bless us, Lord? Do you ever sit back and look at all the blessings of your life and ask that question? That's what the psalmist is doing. And sometimes, I don't know what goes on in your mind, but when I'm reading the Scripture, sometimes I try to picture the scene. And in this particular case, I can picture David laying on his back looking up at the sky. Maybe it was when he was a shepherd. Maybe it was when he was king. Maybe it was when he was being pursued by Saul. But I picture David lying on his back and looking up at the sky at night. Oh, I've done that when I was a kid. And I do it occasionally when I go out at night. I sit down on the, uh, on the swing on the patio and just observe the stars and the moon and all those things that are out there that God has made. And sometimes we do need to ask ourselves, who are we? 
that God cares about us. No matter what's gone wrong in your life this past year, and whatever may happen in this year, God has blessed you. The psalm starts off the same way. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth. And right there is something that's very easy for us to overlook. David says, O Lord, our Lord. That's something that's very important about that passage there. It's very important about what David is saying because that is one of the most significant blessings that we have is that God is our Lord. He is our God. That is something that we should behold and be thankful for every day of our lives. In and of Himself, God is completely sufficient. That means He doesn't need anything. That He is completely fulfilled and satisfied in His relationship between the Godhead. He's never lonely. He's never needy. He's never discontent. But for some completely unexplainable reason, He chose to create man. He chose to create this universe. And He chose to create human beings for the sole purpose of being their Lord. O Lord, our Lord, if He did nothing else for us, that would be infinitely more than enough. That would be enough to proclaim His name as excellent. That would be enough to proclaim His name as majestic. That would be a name to uh, name, or that would be enough to proclaim His name worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. But oh, He gives us so much more. He blesses all of us with so much more. You look at those first couple of verses. What we find there, what comfort there is in knowing that God is in control. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that, that with all the chaos that's in this world, God is the one who's still in control. That's easy to lose sight of because we get caught up in all these things. You turn on the news and bad things are happening all over the place and we get caught up and hung up in all that stuff and we forget that God's still in control. This is still His creation. He's still our God. And an all-knowing and all-powerful, righteous, holy, loving, and gracious God is in control. And what wonderful assurance that is. Just as I said this morning, knowing all the things that happen in this world, there's only all they can do is harm our body. Sin is something that can destroy our soul. And God loves us. And He's given us a way to make that right in His sight. When we think about what the Scripture is saying here, it brings to mind the picture of rest that is given to us throughout the Bible. That as Christians, we should have that peace that passeth all understanding. As Christians, we should be at rest knowing that we're at peace with God. That doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. That doesn't mean people aren't going to hate us. That doesn't mean people won't try to destroy us. What that means is that we can still be at peace. And when you think about what we've gone through the last year, compare that to what the first century Christians went through. 
and some after that first century for just the reason of being a Christian. Arrested, put in prison, beaten, left for dead, some put to death. All of those things happened to them. But you see their dedication. You see their determination. Because they knew who their God was. Because the only thing that really matters in this life is that rest, that peace that we have with God. I'm sure most of us have been in a storm. I've told this story before about camping and where we were camping on the on the coast and we were out on the sandy soil and a bad storm came up and it started to flap our tent and the water started pouring in and the tent was in jeopardy of collapsing and I'm in one end holding up the tent state post and Chris is in the other end holding the other end. Didn't get a lot of sleep at that time because we weren't at, the, we weren't at peace. Peace is something that allows you to have rest. And so God gives us something that the world doesn't have. And no matter how out of control life may feel to you, God is still in control and He's still in control today, even in the storms of life. And we need to be thankful for that. And He will always be in control. And isn't it wonderful how He shows us that He's in control? He shows us that by His awesome display of creation. He shows us the supreme humanity, or shows to his, his supreme humanity in our weakest moments. He shows us His strength and allows us and helps us to get through whatever we face in this life. He sets His glory above the heavens and He shows His strength through the weaknesses or weakness and, and, and most of all the helpless. As He talks about the mouths of babes and sucklings. Have you been there this year or this past year where you felt weak? Have you, there have been times when you thought, how am I going to make it? How will I get through all of this? How am I going to deal with this? This sounds strange, but really that's a blessing because it helps to remind us that we need God, that we are dependent upon Him. Imagine if nothing ever happened to us and we had no struggles, no difficulties. It would be easy to become arrogant and look down on everybody else. But sometimes we need to be reminded that God is in control and He's our God. We need to pray that the Lord will give us the eyes to see how He has shown His strength in our times of weakness. And isn't, it, isn't there comfort in knowing this fact that He promises that no matter what things might look like today, that He can work them all out together for good. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, the Scripture says, "...and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose." So whatever comes our way, we need to realize God's still in control and He can work it out for good. And many times we've gone through difficult situations that we thought we would never make it through. 
only to get to the other side and we look back and we can see how God and God's people have helped us through those situations. That our prayer life became stronger because of that. Our faith in God became more uh, solid and, and, and the foundations that we had are more solid because we went through something that wasn't easy. It was tough. You see, the Lord gives us the assurance of His control and He also gives us the assurance of His love. Look at what it says in verses 3 and 4. And when I consider thy heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? When I picture the psalmist looking up at the stars, that's what I think was going on through his mind. With all the universe that's out there, with all the vastness that you can see with just the naked eye, and when we see with telescopes, we know it even goes farther than we can even see. But when we look it up there at that universe, why does God care about us? Why does He care about you? Why does He care about me? We're so small. We're so frail. And it would seem that we're insignificant. This planet that we're on isn't much in the scheme of things much less the people that are on it. But then again, there are billions of people living on this planet today. And if you've ever stood in an extremely crowded room, you can start to feel insignificant. That you don't matter when there's thousands of people gathered in one particular spot. You start to feel small, but not to God. As a matter of fact, the heavens and the works of His fingers, the moon and the stars, were created for us. He created them so that when we consider our immensity, or their immensity and their grandeur, that we would begin to catch a glimpse of how big and beautiful God is <clears throat> and realize that it's God that keeps it all in control. And then the, the psalmist asks, what is a man? That thou art mindful of him. And it's easy for us to ask why God would pay attention to us. He pays attention to man. <clears throat> Because man is the crowning jewel of his creation. Genesis 1 and verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. After our likeness, <clears throat> let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You see, man is the only thing in the entire universe that God cared enough about to create in His very own image. But that's just a portion of it. <clears throat> he didn't just love us enough to pay attention to us. He loved us enough to send His Son to visit this earth and to attend to us. And God comes and cares about us. 
He didn't create it and just go off and leave it. God still cares about you and me today. And I've said this, I don't know how many times at funerals about a sparrow falling to the ground and our Heavenly Father takes notice and you know, we don't look at sparrows. We don't pay that much attention to them. We call up people to the window to see a, a cardinal or some other fancy bird. But how many times do you call somebody to the window to see a sparrow? But God takes care of those. And we're of much more value than they are. You see, God didn't just create you as a tiny part of some great big machine. <clears throat> he didn't create you to be His plaything. He created you so that He might pay attention to you. He created you so that He might visit you. He created you so that He might live, or so that we might live in fellowship with Him while we're here on this earth. So that He can comfort us and to care for us and provide for us. He created us so that we can grow and that He can mold us and make us into His image. And so that we can eternally live forever praising His name. So that when we can receive glory from the fullness of His complete and total satisfaction and contentment and joy that's found in Him. That's why we're created. So we can be complete, so that we can be have, so that we can have joy, so we can have satisfaction. Thank God for the assistance of His love for us, the assurance of His love that He showed us in creating us, in saving us, in sustaining us, and in keeping us safe as we live this life in faithful service to Him. <clears throat> Jesus said, don't be afraid of what they can do to your body. They can only hurt us so much. You've got to take care of those that hurt us. And that's something that really stands out there in that event where Stephen was stoned. You see Jesus taking notice when Stephen was being stoned. The Lord gives us assurance of His love. And He also gives us assurance of His gifts. Look at verses 5-8 through eight where it says, For Thou hast made Him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned Him with glory and honor. Thou madest Him to have dominion over the works of Thy hands. Thou hast put all things under His feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, and the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. Think about the rich gifts that God has poured out on us over this past year. Think of the gifts that He's given to us as a congregation of God's people. We've seen people baptized. We've seen people obey the Gospel. That's, that's wonderful, great news. That even in a pandemic, there's people that are still concerned about their soul. Over the past year, we've been able to send out the house to house through the entire 48197 or 48198 zip code. So that's thousands of families that have been able to hear the Gospel. And the opportunities that you and I have that others don't know about, think of all of those blessings that we have. 
God has been good to us. I've talked to other preachers. I've talked to some even in the denominational world. And some in the denominational world says, we no longer exist. Because the people stopped coming because they were afraid and stopped giving. We're blessed. God's been good to us. We've seen lives changed by the Gospel of Christ. So don't look back at the year and say all the bad things and the negative things that have happened. Look at some of the good things that God's done for us. Be thankful for those things. Be thankful that you could help, that you could contribute, that you could be a part of it. We've seen the Gospel taught and we've seen the name of Christ lifted up. And the Lord has richly blessed us. We need to be about all the good things that God has given us. We need to be thankful for all the things that He's given to us personally. The Scripture tells us that He made us a little lower than the angels. The Lord is saying that He created you in His very likeness. He created you in His image. And now that likeness and image gets marred by sin. And thank God that He's given us a way to correct that problem through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, God made you extremely special to Him. I've said it many times that it's amazing that with all the things that God has to keep track of in this world, He knows you. He knows your name. And the Bible says He even knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows you better than you know yourself. God cares about us. Are we talking about all the blessings? When we talk about those blessings, are we talking about cars and houses? In a small way, yes. But that's not the ultimate way. Because God has given you real responsibility in His kingdom if you are a child of His. In other words, if you are a New Testament Christian, He didn't just give us a paper crown. He gave us a job to do in His kingdom. He gave us talents that help us to do the jobs that He's given to each one of us. And the wonderful thing is that He takes care of the results. All He's asked us to do is plant the seed and to water the seed. But it's God that gives the increase. Remember what we said about the Gospel this morning. Why is it important to uh, to preach the Gospel? Because the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That, That is a message. That is salvation. That message of the Gospel is salvation to people. And people need to hear that good news. And so we plant that seed. We tell people the good news. Is everybody going to obey it? No. Are they going to obey it instantly? Oh, we would like that, wouldn't we? But sometimes it takes a while for that seed to germinate. And maybe for someone else to water. But remember, God does the increase. He takes care of the rest. He's put things in our control. And He's given to us dominion over certain things. But the real responsibility the tools to perform it, He's given to us. And we're not to have the concern for the results. 
because he takes care of that himself. Think about the voice that he's given to you. The voice that you can talk with. Think about the audience that he's given to you. Family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, maybe even people that you've run in contact with at the grocery store or a salesperson on the phone. He gives you opportunities almost every day. And that's real responsibility. That's real dominion that He's given us. That's a real meaningful position in the kingdom of God. Thank God for the assurance of all the good things that He has given to us. He has blessed us with more than possessions. He's blessed us with more than money. He's blessed us with more than cars and houses and stuff. He's even blessed you with more than children and a family and friends. He has blessed you with a place in His kingdom. Think about that. You can be a part of God's family. You can be a part of His kingdom. What a gift. The Lord gives us the assurance of those gifts. So be thankful for God what for what God has blessed us with. Take time to look at the stars. Take time to consider his creation and see God in that creation. And see how much he cares about you and be thankful for those blessings. Tonight, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can do so. You can come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have that opportunity while we stand up.